Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. In this episode, I'm bringing on Nate Bauman from LVZ, and they are a financial planning firm out of Holland, Michigan. They manage around $900 million in assets, and that hopefully continues to grow. And with that, Nate, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Connor. Looking forward to the chat. So before we kind of get into business and financial planning and all that great stuff, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I was born and raised in Holland, uh, Michigan and still uh, raising the family here. Big life transition for us this year. We've got uh, two daughters, one going into high school this year, this coming school year, and the uh, second one going into middle school. Okay. So kind of the, the two big pieces there. And then, um, yeah, I like to play, play a little golf and um, enjoy the challenge of golf. Some days are better than others, and I, I think that's the beauty of the game. Yeah. So. That's the hobbies. How many, how many times have you gotten out so far? Quite a bit, or is it one of those years that? Yeah, you just... I, I usually try to get out about once a week, so not okay. not a, yep. not crazy, but but yeah, try to stay steady with it. I've been trying to kind of keep the same cadence, but some some weeks are better than others. So, your daughters are they in sports or kind of involved in some other things in school? Yeah, so we're we're music. So okay. my girls are all about music, uh, singing, guitar, piano. Okay. Um, school play. Yep. So that's that's good thing with some of that is is you can continue that beyond school, which which is harder with some athletics and that's stuff right. like that. That's, that's awesome right. though. So kind of a little bit of background. On you did you go to college? Did you you know kind of how did you get into the business? So this is a second career for me. Out of high school, I started building and contracting homes. So I did that for about eight years. Realized that it was a great trade to learn, but one that probably I didn't want to make as a full career, so went back to college for finance. Okay. And as I was finishing up my college degree, I was meeting with every financial advisor in town and not looking for a job necessarily, just asking the questions of what do you do every day? What does this job really mean? Right. How are you dealing with people? And so interestingly, the the way I ended up with LVZ was my shepherding elder from church Okay. Came to do a, a visit at home just to, you know, check on the family and see how we were doing. And um, it happened to be my former business partner's mother-in-law. Okay. And she said, hey, would you like to, to meet with my son? He's in the business. And I said, absolutely. And 17 years later, I'm, uh, you know, I was a business partner of him. He's since retired. But uh, 17 years later, I'm still here. That's awesome. So were, when you're doing construction, were you full hands-on, you were building, or was it more of like a management type? Yeah, I was I was out there in the cold, and okay. that was probably one of the things that uh, <laughs> led me to an office job. Like I said, it's it's still a it's still a trait that served me well. Right, yeah, there's are skills that are always good to have. For sure. Whether you use them every day or not. So when it came to LVZ, Kind of what was it like when you first came here? Because obviously now you guys are, a, in my eyes, a, a big RIA. So what was it like when you kind of came on board? Was it still a pretty significant RIA or is it really taken off over the last decade or two decades? Yeah, so a lot has really changed. Again, our former business partner took over the business from his dad. So our kind of lineage goes back to 1960. Wow. And so a lot has changed. But one of the things that 
Jim's father did in the business was he was very mindful of including everything in in the financial plan. So in those days, it was very much a broker-led world right. where they were were trying to you know get you in the next stock, and that that yeah. wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But he he spent a lot of time talking about. Do you have enough insurance? What does retirement look like to you? How are we going to generate income in retirement? And so he was, he was very much ahead of the curve and kind of the whole full financial plan, right. um, kind of much like you do. So mm-hmm. when I came in 17 years ago, we were just starting the RIA. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So we had at the time had other third party managers, typically kind of the big city manager managing money for our clients. And we realized that we weren't able to customize a lot of the portfolios based on each individual client's needs. And so we decided to bring it in-house, do it ourselves, build out the team to be able to have that capacity. Yeah, and then 17 years later, continue to build it out. We bring uh, new advisors in and and managing money for new advisors such um, such as your team. Right. So one thing I can see just being at the summit here this week, kind of meeting the whole team who I've talked to or had email cadences with, is that you've built a very diverse team. It's not your your typical financial planning firm where the guy's 65 and white hair or bald, and it's him and a secretary. You guys have got a, a full-on team that's, I would say, younger too, which is really good, I think, especially longer term. You've had a team that's been around for quite a while. I can tell that the people here aren't turning over and all that kind of stuff. So I think you guys have built a really good culture. But what have you guys done to do that? What were some steps that you guys have taken as a company to do that over time? Well, I think there's a couple things there. One, you know, as we're we're working with the financial planners that we manage money for our own clients, a big thing we're doing with them is is planning, right? What happens if and so I think we had to look internally as well at the same time and say, what happens if something happens to somebody from our team? What happens to this right. company? What happens to the client's assets? We want there to be longevity there. It's a big deal to manage money for clients. Yep. And they are, they are trusting us with um, many times their life savings. And that's not something to be taken lightly. And so I think from that standpoint, we've really been mindful to say, all right, let's make sure we have a lot of diversity in the company of you know skill sets age and those types of things so that if something happens you know god forbid to one of the team we keep we keep rolling along um, that's awesome. so that's a that that was a big piece for us that's something we still pay a lot of attention to over the years that's great so kind of what's next for LVZ then i know I've mentioned that you guys are pretty close to the 900 million dollar mark kind of what's next for LVZ and kind of going forward yeah, we've had pretty steady growth over the years, and we've been very thankful for that. Some of that has been very mindful from our standpoint. We're, you know, as you mentioned, we we manage money and we work with a lot of financial advisors, and we've been very careful or diligent in the new advisors that we take in. Right? They they should really fit what we do and what our philosophy is. And again, it's a it's a big deal what we do, and so. We want to make sure that the advisors we work with and and thus how they're planning with their clients right. um, kind of fits. And so we're, we're mindful of how fast we grow because mm-hmm. we want to be able to take in that growth and do well. And I would say one of the things that we've we've worked on is is 
how do we continue to provide really good service? Kind of the adage of when you call our office, we're going to have somebody answer the phone and you're going to be able to say, hey, can I talk to, you know, Mike or Mark or whoever it is that you Mm -hmm. need to talk with in our team to solve what you're looking for and still be able to scale. Right. And so that's that's the big piece is to be able to stay personal while still scaling up. That's awesome. And I think this would be a, a good entry to this is obviously we're both financial planners. And what I think is really cool about LVZ and then what the work that we're doing is that we're able to actually work together. And it's not a competition thing or we don't view it as that. And we had to look at at one point and Pat sat me down a couple of years ago and just said, hey, we got to figure out how we're going to grow. Are we going to grow out or are we going to grow up? You can either grow out and bring, you know, other advisors in, or you can bring in a lot of staffing, you know, there's different ways to grow. And so we had to kind of look at how do we want to scale and kind of one way that we looked at it is, okay, what could we do that we could bring in another advisor in, but not maybe have somebody in-house. And that was one thing we found with having a third party money manager like yourself. And so for certain clients that make sense that are going that route, We've definitely had the conversation with bringing LVZ into the picture and having you guys manage you know, those assets. We're still the advisor for them and able to do the day-to-day financial planning goals and helping them accomplish those. But when it comes to the management of those assets, that is something that LVZ has been doing for us. Again, it's not every client, but it's for certain clients that make sense. So kind of going into that, you guys have obviously saw the other side of that. You guys wanted to scale in a maybe a different way than having just your own clients, but also having the third-party money manager. Like, So when did that start? When did you start bringing in other advisors for third-party money management? So when we made the decision to start the RIA or the, the money management portion of our business, as I mentioned, we, we wanted to take that in-house so that we could have a little bit more control over those assets, how they're managed and how they fit each client's financial plan. Once we built that, we had other advisors that we were talking with. And as you suggest, like we're all around, we're in town here with a bunch of financial advisors Mm -hmm. for what we call our LVZ summit. Mm -hmm. And I think the cool thing about the summit is we've got advisors here who are all doing financial planning but as you mentioned, it's not necessarily a competition. Right. People aren't, aren't saying, well, we can do this better or, or we're competing for the same asset or the same client. Right? We're, we're all around the table saying, what worked for your clients? What are we doing for, for your clients? And how can we replicate that? And ultimately, we're, we're getting around the table and we're able to make everybody's business better. right? And ultimately, that's kind of the culture that we're trying to continue to build around LVZ. We, we want to bring advisors in that want to grow, that want to share ideas. Ultimately, the clients um, benefit from that. And so that's that's kind of where those advisors started coming in as we said, yeah, Connor fits exactly kind of our culture and, and wanting to you know, love on clients and help clients and provide really good solutions to clients. Mm-hmm. And so let's get together and, um, you know, be a piece of that, that growth um, right. for both of us. That's awesome. So what, and I think you guys are doing a great job of that, by the way. Looking at an internal look or pulling back the curtain a little bit, what percentage of your guys' business is 
people like us, you know, third-party advisors. Rough numbers would say about a third of our total business is our own LVZ financial planning clients. Okay. Right. So we have four financial advisors in the office and, and we're working on, you know, things mm-hmm. just like you yep. of, you know, is estate planning and taxes and how does that all come into play with having retirement income? Are we saving in the right places? Yep. And then about two thirds of LVZ assets are us strictly managing assets for your clients. Okay. I figured you guys really accelerated your business and scaled it because of that. Yeah, I had a good ability to do that. And I think that's really cool that we're different in a way that we function. You know, we've scaled in a way where we've offset some of our workload for the money management, where you guys have scaled, where you guys have taken out of the maybe financial planning picture, quote unquote, but you've helped with the money management. So I think that's really cool. So if you don't mind, let's kind of talk about the money management just a little bit. I guess, how many portfolios do you guys currently manage? So we have eight strategies that we would call them. So we have kind of what we call our classic portfolios. And this is what clients would know as general asset allocation. So, you know, everywhere from a growth portfolio, which is basically 100% stocks, Mm -hmm. down to a, what we call an income and growth, which is 40% 40% stocks and 60% bonds. Okay. Um, so we have four strategies there. And then we have four specialty portfolios that we manage a little bit differently. And again, this just comes down to as you're sitting down with a client or we're sitting down with our clients, right? We want to make sure we have portfolios that fits the needs of the client. And everybody's different. Yeah. You know, Everybody's risk tolerance is a little bit different. Everybody views investing differently. They're at different stages of their life or their financial journey. And so we want to be able to have portfolios that kind of fit that. And then, and then of course, there's always going to be a little bit of tweaking depending on each individual client yep. um, and specific needs there. But I think one of the neat things, one of the, the questions I get a fair amount from clients is, why are you putting me in kind of this bucket, this strategy? Why are you putting me in growth and income? you know, along with $200 million yep. of other client mm-hmm. assets. Um, it doesn't seem, you know, client will say, it doesn't seem customized, yeah. personalized to mm-hmm. me, right? And the answer is a lot of times from, from a base case, we can solve a lot of your investing problems the same way we can in, in solve a lot of others that are in those same types of strategies. And when we move our portfolios, we, we do what they call block trading. And so that, that simply means everybody who's in our growth and income strategy gets the same trade at the same time. So if you're our very biggest client we have that's in growth and income, or you're somebody who's just starting out investing in growth and income, you're, you know when we decide to make an allocation change in those portfolios, we, we block trade those so everybody gets the same trade. We know exactly where everybody is. It's fair. Uh, I think that's a that's a big piece. And then we kind of work around the specialties or the you know the the intricacies of each financial plan um, from there. Well, I think it's really cool too that you guys highlight, especially in the summit. And I've kind of had some previous work where we did the same same type of thing, but looking at just a financial planning office where they're maybe the sole person and then they've got like a clerical staff, 
they were kind of highlighting, you know, the way that they invest maybe for their clients in that particular week or that particular month is just how they were feeling at that particular time. Like you were kind of saying, maybe they were listening to NPR on the radio and, you know, they were talking about how we haven't seen this in the current climate or the current economic situation. So maybe they're trading that those clients at that particular time. And then the next week or the next month, you know, things look better. And so they're investing those clients differently. And then all of a sudden, over years and years, you've got clients that are kind of all over the place. Where I think that's really cool that you guys have not only portfolios to put people in that are static in nature, but they can still move based on the market. But then you guys also have the committee in place. So you guys can all bounce ideas off of each other to make sure that you guys are all on the same page when it comes to the investments in the portfolio. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a unique way that we manage money. And I mentioned that investing and finances and financial planning is very behavioral. And you know this is, is you every client you have walk in the door mm-hmm. is a little bit different. Yep. Um, like I said, the, the way they look at money, the way they're, they're affected by money, the way they're affected by markets is different. And those of us who do this all day, every day are no different. Right. And so um, we have a team here that researches and trades all day, every day. But ultimately, when we're making allocation updates or allocation changes, we meet as a whole investment committee. And that that allows us to not get too high or too low yep. and kind of smooth out that performance ride and make make sure we're, we're all talking this over and we mm-hmm. get a bunch of different mindsets in there. And that that I think that's really beneficial for uh, for clients. Right. So I kind of want to look at a little bit, you know, 100 foot overview of portfolio management for you guys. We'll kind of look at past and present. So what was something over the last, say, year and a half, two years where we've kind of been in a really volatile state? What was something that you guys have found was the most difficult when it came to the managing of the portfolios? Well, I think the interest rates rising. Yep. Um, so, yeah, last year, 2022, obviously we saw interest rates rise pretty quickly. And that has its own effects on how bonds and fixed income react. And so that was a challenging year for us, mainly because we saw what what we call a balanced portfolio being, you know, somewhere around 50% in stock and 50% yeah. in bonds. Traditionally speaking, you look towards the, the bond side of the portfolio to, to act kind of as a buoy in down right. markets. And what we saw in 2022 is that wasn't necessarily the case and you saw uh, stocks fall back and you saw bonds fall back at the same time and i think that was a real uh, surprise for a lot of clients Mm -hmm. and it was something that we really tried to to work through well here of how we were going to manage the bond side of our portfolios yeah i think i saw a stat when we were at a jackson national conference and it was that this it was the worst year for the 60 40. Uh, portfolio, which was tough. I mean, you, you didn't look at maybe see it in the stock market as it as its own, but yeah, as a 60-40 people who are in retirement, that was a, a definitely a tough downturn. Kind of what do you see as a present time? What do you see as maybe a headwind going forward? Well, I think the things we talk about right now or currently in our investment committee, interest rates still. 
they've obviously moved a lot last year and if and they've probably done most of their movement already right. um, and so it's not going to have as big of an effect this year this is probably the most telegraphed recession we may ever see and so the the question is going to be how deep or how prolonged is this recession going to be and one of the things we talk about in investment committee is earnings the stock market will move on a day-to-day basis a lot just based on whatever's currently happening. Right. And unfortunately, I think a lot of clients get caught up in what's happening today and how is that affecting my stocks today. But really, when investing, you know, we can't forget that we're buying into companies. Right. We're buying in ownership of companies. And we want to buy into good companies that are obviously making money, have good profit margins and have longevity right and we can't always pick those obviously yep. this is why we diversify our mm-hmm. portfolios but at the end of the day that's what that's that's ultimately what we're doing in investing let's not try to make it more complicated than that and and so we know time is usually on our side the more time we have and the less we we screw around with it the the better off we are we we spend a lot of time maybe not a lot of time, one of the topics that comes up in investment committee is earnings. How are earnings doing? What are projections for earnings? And ultimately, if earnings are continuing to go up, over the long term, you hope that that affects, that benefits the stock side of the portfolio. Okay. What do you see as maybe going forward some tailwinds, some things that are going positively? I know, especially just year to date, there's been a lot more tailwinds than than headwinds, even though maybe some of the headlines have said otherwise at times. But kind of what do you see even over the next, say, two to five years? It's always so unique because I think as we if if you if we would have sat down here and talked in in the first of the year, which it's not right, Right. we're we're kind of recording this mid year. Um, If we sat down in the first of the year and said, you know, by mid-year, we'd be where we are currently in the stock market. I think you would have had a lot of people say, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of coming back to that. People have been watching and waiting for a recession. And I would say, honestly, the biggest tailwind, and, and this isn't maybe necessarily like an inside scoop from our investment committee, but I think the biggest tailwind is is always time and just discipline to save. Right. And I think... You know, you've you work with a lot of young families, which is awesome because I think that's really where you can make a difference. And and again, we can we we have solutions for everybody along the financial planning curve. Absolutely. Right. But I think saving early and saving often and again, the longer time horizon we have, we can weather some of these these things coming. Yeah. So I think long term, you know, what are tailwinds, I think savings a tailwind there are still technologies coming around we look back at when the iphone came out you know sometimes i think we forget how quickly things develop and so there's a lot of for as much as we struggle with what's happening in the world if we just sit down and we say okay let's think of what's really great um the list is still pretty long yeah I know not too long ago, and this is no stock insight from a barber, but I was talking to my barber at the time, and they're out of Marshall, which is a, the new location for one of the EV plants for Ford. And he's like, what people don't really understand is if you would have said way back, say 10 years ago, you know, Apple was going to put a new iPhone factory in, you would have thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But like, 
now to where iPhones have you know become and how they've progressed and how popular they've become, well, that could be very similar to something like the EVs or that kind of technology. And so there's definitely some growth in those areas and all different kinds of areas, um, AI being one of them too. And it's always something new, right? Mm-hmm. It's always something we haven't seen. And I think a lot of times we'll show clients these charts of kind of a long history of the general stock market yep. and say, hey, pick out a time on here where we were really concerned that we've never seen this time before. And, you know, yes, there's always going to be blips in those charts and we're always going to have down markets and people are going to have red in their portfolios. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, as we're managing money, we can't ensure short term movements. And so we're we're really saying, hey, we got to do our very best to smooth this ride out uh, over the long term. So, yes, we're trying to take advantage of what we're seeing in markets right now. And we're trying to allocate the portfolios as best we can to avoid what may be coming in the short term right. or where we can take advantage in the short term. And then ultimately lining those portfolios up to benefit us over the long term. Yeah, I try to give an analogy sometimes for clients is, you know, if you had a long road trip and you're going from here to Florida, because most people are familiar with that, is, hey, if you got in a traffic jam at some point in the route, are you just going to find the next exit and take the back roads the rest of the way? Most likely not. You're just going to wait out the traffic jam, and you're going to continue on your way. And the stock market can be very similar to that. doesn't always mean that that's the best route. Sometimes we do take a detour or we make a move or change um, to the route for you and, and your financial path going forward. But don't deviate from a plan just because you saw red in your portfolio one year. Great way to look at it. We've been at LVZ Summit. It's been a great time, and I appreciate you being on the podcast. But before we go, I want to ask you the question I ask all the guests that come on is what's one piece of advice you would give another young family? So I think this is a, a great one. I I love being able to help younger families. I think I think you can make such an impact there and, and really set a good trajectory. So I've got a, a sticky note that I've had on my computer screen for a long, long time, and it's got three simple words, and that's strategy, process, and discipline. And discipline is one of the words we use a lot in our investment committee, but it, I think it falls into the financial planning side as well. I think for young families to say, all right, let's, let's set up our strategy, right? Let's talk with, with Connor. Let's get the strategy. Let's get our process for how we're going to save and where we're going to save. And then let's be disciplined to do it. So in our investment committee, we talk about discipline a lot, saying, hey, if the markets are doing really, really well, we need to be disciplined and not greedy. Mm-hmm. And in the very same vein, if markets are struggling and we feel like we've never been here before, be disciplined that the strategy we're currently working on, if that's what the whole investment committee has agreed to, this is where we, this is where we stick. Right. And so I, my advice to, to young families is just discipline. Have the process and then be disciplined to stick to the process because at the end of the day, when you're ready to retire or whatever your, your mm-hmm. financial planning goal is, that's what's going to get you there. And I think too often people try to overthink it or, mm-hmm. or make it more complicated than it has to be. I really like that. If someone was interested in an in LVZ, obviously they can reach out to myself. You know, I'd be happy to introduce you to them. 
But if they wanted to go out on their own, kind of what are some ways that they could look you guys up? Yeah, so you can find us online at planwithlvz.com. That'll give you kind of an overview of our firm. Search us on LinkedIn, LVZ Financial Planning, and we have LVZ uh, Investment Management. And of course, I'd love to connect with anybody personally on LinkedIn too. Okay. But yeah, Connor, you're our you're you're the link there. So <laughs> right. we'd love for people to reach out uh, to you first, and then we'd love to all get together. So be awesome. Well, thanks, Nate. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.